And I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us. Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahonian Daily News. The question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic? There be a place for same-sex couples? Uh, no, no marriage. Even though it's the law of the land in the United States? Uh, just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other. Fear no man. Politics, fight, laugh, feast, never pass. Toby Chuck knocks on the water. I played boy. the wrong music. It's okay. I, I should I should have been like breaking news, breaking oh. news music. <laughs> Are you, you know? gonna do it now? Okay, okay, okay. We got Megan Basham <laughs> in the studio. Also, thank you for coming in. It's great. It's the oh, there we go. There we go. Breaking news. Megan Basham. She's in the studio. Hey, this year our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. Breaking news is coming. Hold on. (laughs) The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a careening standard of justice. The difference between the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy that we are currently seeing in our streets and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes Mm. the authority and sufficiency of God's word Mm. for all of life. From what is a man, what is a woman, when does human life begin, or how should human society best be organized? All of that is found in the first three chapters of Genesis, believe it or not. But you gotta read the Old Testament Uh, to get there. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. (laughs) Really? Wow. Sorry. Hey, come here, Ken Ham, who built the ark. Well, you know, not the original ark, but but (laughs) this recreation. Life-size. Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Gordon Wilson. Joe Rigney. Joe Rigney yes. is in. Yes. Um, I'll be giving a talk. The guys and I will be doing a live show. Actually, Megan, you were on our last year's. I That's was. Right. Yeah. Our, uh, Jason Whitlock. With Jason yeah, Whitlock. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. mark your calendars for October 11th through the 14th as we fight, laugh, and feast with beer and psalms the first night, our amazing lineup of speakers, a rowdy Christian merch store, and a mm-hmm. Sabbath feast on Saturday night to wrap it all up. Maybe an infant baptism while we're at it. Yeah. They still have that in that. Well, the whole art uh, encounter was an infant baptism. We're all I mean, getting baptized. All I mean, Peter, <laughs> Peter chapter 3. Early first bird Peter pricing three. ends yeah. June 1st. Visit fightlaughfeast.com for more and sign up today. Uh, you this, never know that this he music has so got my better. heart. I was going to say, I'm like, when's the news going to break? <laughs> I got to talk about it. You ever notice how Pastor Toby reads with music? It's so different. It's he, like, I know. He's good with he's it. He's mood with it. Yeah. He's got, you got a little a flow. Little more energy. Yeah. Um, uh, so before we get to the breaking news, we still aren't there yet. <laughs> all right, I'll stop. Okay, stop. All right, just for a minute. Right. Bring it back. My heart is like beating. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What happened? Yeah. Um, uh, so as you guys know, yesterday we talked about we're actually um, rolling out a new app, June, June 1st. Yeah. And the new app is going to be more like a Netflix kind of uh, experience because – uh, the the direction we've been pushing with the Fight Laugh Feast Network is we want to get into entertainment, not just news. We don't want to just be talking head, political news, you know, Tucker Carlson like pundits. Wow, I just did it. Yeah, I just did it. 
And um, uh, so one of, one of the projects where we've been working on, we've been working on for a while, but we're actually going to be releasing with our app June 1st is a, is a project called This America. This This America. America, You can go actually go to thisamerica.tv. This America is basically a TV show that is kind of Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs meets Christian Economy. And one of the reasons why we wanted to take on this project is because... So so talking to people who are in business about what they do, but particularly they're Christians who are doing it. In well, business. Well, right, and, right. and part of part of the I'm point for the show. Understand. Yeah, yeah. So we've forgotten what's made America great. That's yeah. Right. And right. and it hasn't been depending on the federal government or government what? period. There, or was, there was there was a federal government when America started. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there wasn't. It's <laughs> been people on the ground yeah. who yeah. Fa- figured Working out the hard. resources to yeah. figure out how to serve and love their neighbor. Yeah. And we've forgotten yeah. that. And so yeah. we're trying to go back and restore yeah. what right. that looks like. Okay. And and Christians like played a really key role in almost every sector of the economy all the way through the history of the American economy. I mean, yeah. you, even you think of even like Princeton and the education system. Yeah. You think of uh, energy, electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think of uh, uh, Henry Ford was a Christian, although I think he um, might have gone a little more Unitarian as, as his life went on. But he started off as some yeah. sort of Protestant Christian. And so a lot of Christians had major impacts on yeah. uh, or, the, the or founding right, impacts on the, significant industries. The Wright brothers were preachers' kids. That's right. I think they also might have left the faith too, yeah. but, but, you know, mm-hmm. but they had it in their blood. Yeah. Common grace is what. Uh, Do you have a trailer? I did it. I did. So, so uh, we got a fun little trailer here. Let's go ahead and roll the trailer. No matter where you grew up, we all grew up in the same place. This America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, the land they handed down from generation to generation. And now people are trying to tell us that our forefathers were a disgrace. You know, the ones who gave their lives tilling frontiers in the cities, planes into skyscrapers and turning deserts into gardens. We build on the shoulders of our forefathers. We don't trample on their graves because the old paths they cleared paved the way for us to greater heights. Small government, bold business, faithful families, as we build innovative companies, launch educational movements, build healthy churches, pubs, and businesses, and work with the same determinations our forefathers had to make our country more of what we know as This America. Join me as I go on a mission to find those 21st century pioneers who still believe in This America. Good job, Knox. Knox nice. did that. Isn't that good? Knox yeah. did that. Where'd you I, go? I'm looking for my uh, bottle, but it's um, uh, Armor Republic is the first company. Yeah, that's our that pilot. That's, that's our, our pilot. pilot. Yeah, that's dropping June 1st, June right? June 1st. And then right. we should have a couple episodes actually drop in June 1st. And then the plan is basically drop one a week for, so um, each for episode, the first season. Each episode will focus on one particular business in America. That's, or industry. It's doing that. Yes, work. absolutely. So, that's great. I'm, so I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 So breaking news. Breaking news now. Okay, now. I can, I can, I need to follow through on the music here. Um, so cross politic is prophetic. Oh, actually, I think Knox is. Knox, Knox, Knox is prophetic. He's the, pe- is he's, prophetic. He's the Pentecostal <laughs> one among us. Tucker Carlson. In, what's the spirit saying? <laughs> <laughs> Tucker Carlson has taken all his skills to Twitter. Yeah, this to is Twitter. amazing. This Roll, is amazing. So Tucker just released. This uh, Twitter video of him about yeah. this afternoon, about, about like an hour ago, uh, yeah. and within like the first twenty minutes, it had over one point six million views. Incredible! So, yeah. roll Tucker. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. 
You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have, but that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Mm. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. <laughs> the best you can hope for in the Can't news wait. business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. Wow. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. <laughs> it's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. Mm. It's filthy, really. And it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. Ooh. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. Mm, mm. It's quite a threat of a see you soon. Yeah. We will yeah. see you soon. Yeah. Oh, isn't that the truth? You, you notice, you notice, he didn't mention Fox at all. But he did. Come on, never now. Said it. The last six and a half years. The last six and a half years. Never mentioned Fox. Uh, and uh, what was my other point? It was, was going to be really good. I don't know. Because I really don't Megan, care. What, Megan I really don't care. It up, sorry, you know? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should we read the bio for Megan first and then let her launch yeah, into this? Yeah. We, okay. Okay. Uh, in case you don't know. Megan is author, Claremont Fellow, reporter with the Daily Wire, Morning Wire. She has also written for Wall Street Journal, National Review, First Things, and was, as we mentioned earlier, uh, one of our live guests on the live cross-politics show at last year's Fight Laugh Feast in Knoxville, in Knoxville Tennessee. Mm -hmm. She is an unabashed church lady, yeah. is what it says, yeah. okay. and, and aspiring matriarch. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> there's, I, there's a lot of confusion over that. Mother of many generations yeah. is what I'm going for. Yeah, right. 
Covenantal. Yes. I got it. Are you you Presbyterian? I know. I get these people going, so are you like, you know, they're they're questioning my complementarian bona fides. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just going to repeat that again. I see. People warned me if I came here. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Particularly about Gabe. So when you, this broke today, it was about a 142, I think they dropped it. The timing is really interesting. That's a weird time to drop this just out of nowhere. What were the first thoughts that hit your brain as soon as you see this on Twitter? Wow. So, you know, the first thing is you go, okay, Elon plus Tucker, I hope they have phenomenal security, the both of them. Wow. (laughs) Because, I mean, truly, you go, nothing that I have seen has the potential to sort of disrupt the um, establishment news, uh, the disinformation complex, Mm -hmm. like those two together. So, Newsmax? I mean, really? Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) And look, a lot of us are doing good work, but that is such... um, It's a different level. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's just exponentially bigger than anything we've seen so far. So, you know, that's one. And then two, he made so many good points in that video uh, as far as the way that you are seeing news, like maybe, like you said, it could pass a fact check, but so much is being left out. Like we're obsessing on these very small details of stories versus extremely important macro stories that don't get told. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what really stuck out to me was I went, okay, now he's going to be Tucker off the leash. Cause we know he has <laughs> been on the leash. He's been pushing up against it, but yeah. he has been on a leash. So what is this going to look like now that all of those stories that he knew he couldn't tell on Fox that he now will yeah. be able to tell what is that going to look like? Or at least maybe where he could tell some of it, but maybe couldn't tell it at right. full, it. full volume right. yeah. as much as he wanted to. And what will that look like now? Okay, so Megan, you don't know this, but the reason that you're here is to I play. Tried. I tried. One <laughs> of I mean, my one of my favorite games. Yeah. I love this game. Matter of fact, when we usually have a, a big guest on, we play this game. This is twenty ish questions. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy is right. <laughs> so what, how, the way this game is played is that you'll hear music like this. And somebody will ask you a question, one of us three will ask you a question, and then you have to answer it, and then you'll hear more music like this. Okay. And then you'll get another question. And then you'll get another yeah. question. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as you're done answering your question, you'll hear more music, and then we'll go to the next question. Usually 10 words or less. I was going to say, I'm a girl. Words. You better give me a limit, because oh. I could give you a really yeah. long <laughs> okay. story. Or so, so think about each question having about 60 to 90 seconds for a response. So okay. we'll give you that, all right? And if I just start playing music, you know you went over. And you need to integrate Chuck my sheep into every answer at okay. some point. Okay. Well, Chuck's Chuck the sheep. Okay, yeah. Pastor Toby yeah. usually gets a first question. Gabe, you get to go after that. Okay. I don't know all what right. the Chuck the sheep is. But I here's have the no deal. idea what that means. Here's the deal. You only get one. I'm not answering that. All right, you okay. only get one of those. So every other oh, ap- every question after that, you kind of have to. I've never sold that to anyone else. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 kidding. <laughs> I think I have. I'm kidding. I think I'm you're kidding. Really I'm kidding. Change every time. All right, All right. so right, here we go. Twenty-ish questions. All right, Megan, favorite movie all time? Uh, Gone with the Wind. Really? Yeah. Why? Rhett. Rhett. Oh, Rhett. <laughs> Because it's this great, I mean, it is the love story, but then also. Play the music, play the music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wow, that was bad. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to combine these two questions. Um, Where were you born and when did you become a Christian? 
I was born in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I became a oh. Christian when I was uh, in my early 20s. I can't remember exactly which year it was, mm-hmm. um, maybe 22. Did you grow up in a Christian household? I did. Yeah, okay. I did. Um, but, you know, I mean, like a lot of kids, I, uh, yeah, went to college. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, even before college, though, I was I was pretty much already the prodigal kid. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah went to college, went through some you rough did, stuff. You did a video I did. recently, and you gave your testimony, basically. I did. What, what was the name of that video? And what was, where can you, uh, what, what was that? Prodigal Evangelism, or Prodigal Evangelicals. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it was at First Things. At First Things, that's first what it was, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was, it's a really powerful Thank video, you. and um, yeah, I kind of gave your own testimony, but also wound that into sort of this cultural moment and where evan- right. evangelicalism is. And particularly, what was particularly powerful is uh, a lot of what is being pushed by moderate evangelicals. You're saying, if that had been going on when I was in college, you're not sure that. Right. I I don't think it would have transformed my life. I don't think I would have been drawn to that. It would have looked so close to what I was leaving. It just wouldn't have had any powerful impact on me. So check it out. It's it's really good. Mm. All right. So why are you a Christian nationalist? Okay, I have never said that I am a Christian. <laughs> really? That's, that's what the question says. Yeah, it's weird. It's pretty much this said. is like a when did you stop beating your wife question. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, here's my answer on the Christian, Christian nationalism. It depends on who I'm hearing define it. Because sometimes when I go, if I want laws that um, reflect biblical morality and I want to elect Christians who will enforce those laws, I, I always feel like I'm on board for that. And then sometimes I hear that the headier debates. And literally my response is, I have not done the reading to know what I think about that. So that's why I'm always, it's, it's really, I'm not trying to hedge other than I'm always like, I don't know what I'm agreeing with. Who's so? Are you, are you running for vice president? When you say the headier debates, yeah. who's having those headier debates? Uh, like when I see um, some of the debates with the NatCon guys, with your um, Timon Klein, who right, I know right. who was here recently, yeah. and yeah. some of those guys, I don't, I, you know, I, I kind of see them in drive-by fashion, and yeah. they're way up here. Well, I'm an Arizona State grad. I don't always know what he's talking about. ASU Sunday. There we go. Hey. Back to you, Toby. All right. I get a little caught up in the music. I'm sorry. You go ahead. I, I was waiting for it to. I think we should just have a dance party. That sounds more fun. <laughs> don't don't tempt me. We might do that. That might be the last question. Um, so, Megan, do you believe all women? No. Well, of course what? not. That's the end of the show. <laughs> what? That's it. Why? That's it. We're off YouTube. Because but- <laughs> I understand human nature and that uh, we are all fallen and we all sin and we are all capable of lying. We're all capable of um, trying to grasp for power. Why are why are so many modern, I know I'm adding to the question, but why are so many modern, I don't know, even Christian um, people saying, like, really, in order to like do justice in this world, you really do need to believe all women because they have bought into um, an oppressor and oppressed narrative rather than the biblical understanding that we all can sin. And so each individual case needs to be judged on its own merits yeah. as opposed to these, you know, wide sweeping movements that say we have to either um, erase justice in order to be on the right side of that movement. That's really what they're doing. And so I go, that there's nothing biblical about that. Mm-hmm. Biblically, we take each case, each person, each individual, what is true and untrue in their situation matters. That's just what a matriarch would say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Typical. All right, so this falls under that kind of same question, um, you know, 
uh, when you stop beating your husband kind of mm-hmm, thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you stop beating your husband. <laughs> she said wife earlier. <laughs> I was helping you out. <laughs> Equal opportunity <laughs> offender. That's fair. Why, uh, why are you not a Presbyterian and why should you be? I need good arguments on both sides. Okay. Pass. Why are you not? And why? Oh, <laughs> she's going to pass on that one. <laughs> Wow. Pass, wow. Wow. Uh, okay. All the Baptists okay. out there are like, yeah. <laughs> um, do you yeah. think that places like Fox News and legacy media are done? And is Tucker kind of the the camel or the the, the, the camel that breaks the straw's <laughs> back? Yeah, that was, that, <laughs> I got a yeah. in my head. Get it out. The, and the t- under the tent. The yeah, straw that got under the camel's The straw under the tent of the camel. Is Tucker the person who's really started that? And is he going to be the one who actually breaks legacy media? I mean, he definitely has that potential, particularly. It'll be interesting to see, other than the fact that it's on Twitter, we know, of course, that he interviewed Elon right before all of this happened. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how much um, support he's getting there, how uh, how much partnership is happening here. Like, how much mm. is Elon involved in that? So I think that's going to play a role in this. But yeah, I mean, look, the reality is broadcast media in general has been dying. I mean, Fox has, you know... Been the last bastion of hope. Yeah, and yeah. I think... But I, I, I don't even think it's a question of is it because they're woke or because they're left? I mean, the reality is technology is changing this. Mm. And technology has been such a democratizing yeah. force. And I think that is why you have seen this yeah. anxiety to suppress it. So if tech, I'm sorry, I want to dig it, double click on this. If technology is changing it and they have a whole bunch of money to get the tech, why wouldn't they still be at the top? Well, because look at how many people do you know that watch um, cable news? I mean, even at Fox, how old are the people who are watching right. Fox? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's just an older dying model. I mean, if you look yeah. at even local broadcasting, how many people do you know that watch their local news anymore? Yeah, hardly nobody. Yeah, yeah. so, and, and look, mm. cable news is going that way too. I mean, it may take longer, but the reality is how many, you know, Gen Zers, how many, even millennials that do you know that are like watching cable news? Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. Yeah. Get up off of that thing! <laughs> what, Maggie, what was the most important story from last year in your opinion? Uh, like, the entire media or like yeah, in my I'll world? I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Sure. Entire world, media entire. And, sure. Yeah. Sure. and in your world. I mean, that Tucker reported on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wow. That's really broad. Um, I mean, one of the big stories to me, um, since we touched on me too, is when I look at the church, I do think that this abuse issue that, you know, things that I covered, that was really important because of how that particular issue has been wielded to bring in other things. Mm. So, you know, it has gone from this is uh, a wrong we need to write to protect women and children to we need to have women in the pastorate to you'll notice how many of the activists in that space are also LGBTQ aligned and they're kind of bringing that in with them as well. So, you know, I, I, did several stories in this space, but one of them being like Rick Warren, it shocked me that, yeah. you know, I brought forward evidence going, look, Saddleback has been partnering. Not only are they pushing women in the pastorate, Rick Warren just sort of had this out of nowhere, this abuse is terrible and needs to stop. And it was almost like an old man yells at a cloud. Like it was apropos of nothing. <laughs> it wasn't related to anything. It was like, he was just getting criticism. So time to yell abuse. <laughs> um, and so all of those 
things seem to be touching each other. And I'm still kind of untangling. Why do all these things touch each other? Mm. When we, when we, uh, we, we talked to you actually, when you had the story that came out about the, um, mm-hmm. the Saddleback church and the connections with and the LGBT, uh, LGBT ministries, ministries and, yeah. and stuff, what's the, what's been the response to that? Nothing. And that has been <gasps> no. shocking to me. I, I mean, I know I'm so naive. I thought there would at least be a gosh, we didn't know. Now I will say Saddleback has gone through and deleted every single um, page on their website that involved that ministry, but they've not said anything. They haven't addressed it. Um, SBC leadership, as far as I know, is still planning to allow Rick Warren to make his appeal Hmm. um, to set a precedent for women pastors in the SBC and the largest Protestant denomination in the U S. So to me, leadership should have at least said, okay, we'll have to ask about this too. We need to know why were you partnering with an LGBTQ affirming ministry? Um, I think I got all the letters there. That you, you missed required. a few. <laughs> yes. Silent yes. half the alphabet. That's but. just what a matriarch would I say. <laughs> and so I just have to, it seems like the SBC leadership really doesn't like you, which is really weird. You know, you know, I'm trying, I'm like, I'm trying to help you. I know, that's how I feel. But I'm like, I, I, do you know what's going to happen if you do this? I mean, I, I, you know, this is just my opinion. I don't have reporting on this, but I think that you will see um, a pretty big exodus for the doors yep. if they do this. I think a lot of faithful churches will quietly leave if they do this. Yeah. So I, I can't quite figure out why they're not dealing with it in a more forthright manner. Is this your jam? That bass hit hard, though. Everybody felt that. Is it me? No, it's my turn. Why are you voting for Trump in 2024? Okay. You can't pass. pass. I can't pass. Um, Yeah, yeah, as a reporter, I cannot tell you who I am voting for, and I do not endorse candidates because, you know, then people could not take anything I report on seriously. That that brings me back to Tucker's video. One of the things that Tucker was uh, kind of hinting at is that there's been this myth of objectivity in journalism. Mm-hmm. And CNN, you know, pushes this. All, all the journalists kind of push this narrative, this myth of objectivity. But th- the problem is everyone who reports is reporting. They receive the information through their through their eyes, and then they write it out through their hands. So objectivity is impossible in journal- journalism. Now you can get facts correct. You can be truthful or you can not be truthful about it. But we should be a lot more true. What we should be truthful about is that there's really no objectivity in journalism. And so the the problem I have with your answer (laughs) is that you're trying to say that, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, I'm a journalist. But there is a difference between saying, one, I'm going to make, you can have some objectivity in journalism. You got truth. But you, you can only have it if you are reporting from a Christian Mm -hmm. worldview. Because the only possible way to report in an objective fashion is mm-hmm. to report from a biblical fashion. That is the yeah. only objective standard of truth. So you are a Christian nationalist. Yeah, she is. That's what I was going to say. I was like, that's, that's Christian nationalism. I'll let you okay, finish, Megan. Finish. I'll let no, you no, finish. No, but I do think, I, I mean, I agree to a certain extent, but there's also this, that look, it's different to say, um, I am having a, a totally objective 
point of view on abortion, which is not a thing that I think you can be objective about. It's something else to say, I'm not going to say I support a candidate. And then every time I do a story touching on that candidate, the listener is going to go, well, you just don't like him or you're voting for the other guy or he's your favorite. Mm -hmm. So that to me, that's just a question of bias. And there's a difference between showing bias and claiming total objectivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Man, she told you. (laughs) I mean, I guess. (laughs) Um, is it my turn? No, it's yours. Nice. It's, it's, nice. it's, it's my turn. This way. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I get you. This is a really long game. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're on the hot. Just say this yeah. is hot. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think the SBC is going to make it? Oh man, because I, I you just say, talked about the Exodus a little bit. Yeah, I, Pastor Wilson already asked me this. Oh, um, oh, we got to talk about that too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I. Mm. I I don't feel great about it right now. I mean, it's going to exist. Institutions will exist, but let's go realistically. They, there was a, a very strong attempt to take it over back in the day Mm -hmm. and it almost succeeded. And, you know, through a Herculean effort that was beat back. And I think part of what we've seen in the last few years has been a deliberate effort to, um, unwrite that mythology of the conservative Mm, resurgence. So you're SBC, you go to SBC church and all that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a great job. I don't know what you're talking about. This game feels so long. <laughs> oh, snap. Da, 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 da. Why do you always get the gangster stuff? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. The AI knows. knows. Um, before the show started, you said that we should ask you about something about fashion. So I'm just going to oh, throw a question in okay. here now. Like, so what's the greatest fashion faux pas right now and what's up and coming? Oh, I probably have Apparently yoga pants. That's what I've been oh, hearing oh, on, on oh, the Twitters. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I was going to say Kanye's shoes. <laughs> I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen Kanye's shoes lately. Okay. Are we still covering Kanye's shoes? <laughs> CNN is. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with the yoga pants? What, what's your take on all that? I mean, oh gosh, this should be another I'm going to opt out. But um, I mean... I see, I see a point. And I'm going to say like my dad has really gotten, I didn't, I didn't even know my dad knew what yoga pants were, but turns out he had an opinion about this mm-hmm. and called me to make sure that my daughters are not wearing yoga pants out. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm pro yoga pants, but I do think you should wear something that's covering, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like over your hips and, you know, cover your butt basically. And, and, and what gonna... Bible verse is that that you're choosing I know from? this is, look, this is just pure um, discernment on my part <laughs> as a mom that you can wear the yoga pants, but you should wear something long then. Mm-hmm. Wear them like leggings. Almost. There you go. <laughs> it's on you, man. Is it me? Is it yeah, me? Oh. Um, I'm going to pee. Ooh, what books? <laughs> I just realized I could do that. What, what, what books would you recommend parents uh, have their daughters read? Because you got two daughters. Yeah. Correct? No sons. Two daughters. No sons. Okay. Yep. Um, what books would you recommend uh, parents read um, their daughters? Uh, have their daughters read. Excuse me. Have their daughters read. Um, I mean, you know, I'm going to say some pretty typical classics. Like we love doing Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. Yep. We love um, Little Bridges. I haven't done Little Bridges. Yeah. It's wow. more like boys. Ralph Moody. My 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 kids. All yeah. my kids love Little Bridges. It's just good storytelling. Yeah, it is I, more I, on I, the boy I, side. I, I read them. I read. I read them to my, is my this son. Y'all's yeah. question. Yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, no. Keep, keep <laughs> going. Keep <laughs> going. Maybe you just keep let going. them have your question. Go ahead. No. I okay. Mean, Little House on the Prairie. What? What? Um. And we uh, we do a lot of um. Um, Jane Austen in our house. So yeah. yeah. And I, and I will say my daughter's also my, my oldest, and this is like breaking my heart. She is not like huge into Austen yet. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just not yeah. understanding it yet. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. And cause she's like in um, Charles Dickens. So I she's, find spankings really effective for I know. To, like, so to like stories. <laughs> 
<laughs> you you don't like this story? <laughs> Go to I the bathroom. Just, I just try mockery. Yeah. <laughs> Bet your favorite Jane Austen. Yeah. Oh, Pride and Prejudice, okay. obviously. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Obviously. Uh, Great movie. Great movie. Also, that would have been a close second. <laughs> <laughs> so what AI did you use to write your last article? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a chat GPT. Okay. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. It's just new. It's just Rick Warren. Just spit it out. It's, it's some good yeah. stuff then. You know what I mean? You, you be on some good stuff. No, for real. What do you think about AI? Is it going to take over? How should we think about AI? Would you ban AI? What's your take on AI? I mean, AI? it's definitely concerning as far as this is going to affect every other aspect of tech that we have. Um, you know, somebody was sort of showing how if you ask it, you know, what should I do? Uh, I'm a kid. I don't feel comfortable in my gender and it, you know, spit out mm -hmm. all the typical woke stuff. Mm -hmm. So that is scary. But I will also say some of it is what you feed into it, what you tell it to tell you. Mm -hmm. um, but when I put in some stuff to see what it would do, like, okay, here's a topic I'm writing on. And I asked it to write something. It was so bad. And so it, it, like half of it wasn't correct. It didn't have context. So, I mean, we're very 1.0 here. I maybe yeah. will get more worried once we're like 3.0 because. But the thing is I, people I are concerned that it's going to take jobs. Like you saw the Tucker, um, Tucker Carlson Shapiro's. and Ben Shapiro talking about whether or not, and Shapiro saying, hey man, you, you're interrupting the free market. Let it do its thing. What would you yeah, ban no, AI? I, I'm team Tucker on that. So, okay. I mean, when he said, yes, I, 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 I know, I know you're all libertarians, but yeah. I'm going to say. No, we're Christians first. <laughs> not libertarians. That's insulting. They're not libertarian. <laughs> More libertarian-ish. <laughs> what? I, I thought. <laughs> Theonomic. She just called her name. We're Theonomic. I need some tissue. <laughs> she is hard. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm all right. you're, you're, you're close. There's a, there's an element of libertarian. No, um, no. It's, it's a, it's a theocratic libertarian. How do I turn his mic off? There we go. Is that different than Christian nationalism? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're with Team Tucker. You. Would... I am Team Tucker. That look. I do think, uh, to a certain extent, you're not going to be a luddite. You're not going to hold technology back. But I also think you can put up guardrails. One until we understand what we're dealing with. Mm. And I also think it is fair to say that, yes, let's, you know, we spend, I don't know how many billions of dollars on Ukraine. It's reasonable to say, let's put some investment into saying, you know, whatever could be built from this AI, let's put the brakes on and see what kind of damage that this is going to do. Not just to, you know, the kid who goes on AI and asks these moral questions, but also what is this going to do economically to everybody who has jobs in that sector? Mm. Were, were you like a late adopter for cell phones? You know, this, this is your what? question. You're what? too busy. You I, don't get to argue just, with them on this I'm, one. I'm they doing get to it right say now. The, you know, were you a late adopter when it came to cell phones? Because uh, I mean, that same argument that you gave about AI, you could do no, no, cell and phones. I get that. I get that. I get that you're not going to stop. I'm not saying that you're going to be able to stop it entirely, but I am saying you can tap the brakes on this because we don't really understand Should what we're we dealing with. Should we tap the brakes on cell on cell phones? Maybe, yeah. Actually, <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it's possible that that is a thing that yeah. at least we could have understood because we're starting to tap the brakes now, right? Yeah. We're now starting to put into place social media laws that say, okay, if you're a certain age, you can't have access to this because we are now finding studies showing that this is actually harmful. And maybe it would have been better on the front end to say before we just let kids into Instagram or to these portals where they can access porn, they can access cutting, they can access all this insane gender ideology. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would have been a good idea on the front end to say before we let kids have all of this and then we'll deal with the fallout later, let's 
ease them into it. Aren't you pointing like to like maybe more of a parental issue and instead of a government, you know, the, 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 the parents are letting the kids get access. The parents, it's not the government. I mean, that's know. yes and no. Like I mean, think about it. Layer. How many, how many parents do you know that understood what was happening with these apps before their kids? I mean, almost none. Um, well, they don't need to necessarily understand. They just need to know what to the, say. You can't what, have access what, to it. I mean, I, when my kids get access to a car or whatever, when we first started okay. cars. But I mean, the reality is even if they're doing it through an app where it looks like um, it. <laughs> oh, no, y'all keep, keep going. Is, is it good? Is it good? Yeah, that is good. It can even look like, like an innocent app mm-hmm. and a parent can put all the locks on the phone. Yep. And that child has been able to access social media through what looks like a completely innocent app. Mm -hmm. And they're now getting messages from adults. I mean, there's been stories like this. And so I do think, look, it's, it is the same question to me of, okay, well, we don't let kids smoke for a reason at 16. Why don't we just say the parents should stop? I think that's the problem though. You keep bringing up arguments and I'm like, well, that's a parent's, that should be a law. That's a parent's, you know, there we go. All right. Megan, why should Americans care about the coronation of King Charles? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, who is he first? (laughs) It's funny because I'm like, I do care, but then I'm like, why do I care? (laughs) Right. She's like, I don't know. It's pretty. Tradition. Speaking of fashion, I wanted to see what Princess Kate was wearing. (laughs) Amazing. Not yoga pants. (laughs) She was not wearing yoga pants. Um, And I can tell you this too, just sort of as um, a a you know late republic nonsense barometer. You saw the um, the oath that Charles took Mm -hmm. had subtle differences. Like now he said he is going to be the defender of um, religious freedom along with the defender of the faith by which he meant the Protestant faith. Uh So they made these little adjustments that his mother did not make when she took the oath. And that actually tells us something. What was it before that? Before it was just a defender of the faith. Of the faith. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I can't remember what the exact oath was, but the, 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 the point was that they, we want to talk Christian nationalism. The point was that we are to defend the Anglican faith, the church of Mm. England. And this latest um, oath made some of those same statements, but Mm -hmm. it added in these other things. And then also there were, church leaders of other faiths entirely, not the Christian faith, mm. at the ceremonies. So all of that told you that's what time it is. Yeah. And mm. so I think for that reason, it was worth paying attention to. Mm. It's good. It's good. All right. So you about done with this game? You about oh done with gosh, it? this? Oh my gosh, this is the most okay, exhausting okay. game. Right. This is great. Yeah, this is great. This is what we're good at. Exhausting our guests. Uh, so if you could make or remove one law that's in effect right now, what would it be? Oh like, let's gosh. say you're queen. Or you're Kamala Harris. <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Queen Harris. <laughs> a, um, abolish a law. Can mm. I abolish, like, you, the Department of Government or... Oh, interesting. Like, can I abolish Anarchist. the Department of Education? I'll give yes. you a magic oh, oh, wand. Yeah. What, would you, what would you do? Just just go ahead and wave that Ink. wand. Um. Okay, so, yeah, Department of Education would go... Uh, you would get better answers if you had given me my questions. Oh, no, no, I like this. I like this. This is great. This is, this is what fun. law would I abolish? Um, like, I can I abolish a percentage? Can I just sure. go, let's abolish like 75% of laws and then we can start over and go. decide like one it. by yeah. one which like ones it. are necessary. Yeah. I like it. 
That's good. I probably originally would have said IRS I mean, first. That, no, that, yeah. Because that, that's so that is very wrong. libertarian. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. No, I don't know. That sounds a little more Christian nationalist. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. We should okay. have a barometer on the TV okay. going up and down. Hold on, I, I got to read this. Oh, out. you got to read okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last question. All right. All right. Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency, special agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web3 projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality, they even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small business, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. So get your vision in motion today at gravityjack.com. I lied. Uh, Gabe wants to take the rest of this conversation in the portal. So Uh-oh. the show is over, but uh, if you're a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member, which everyone should be, well, you'll be able to get the rest the, of the harder questions with Megan. Yeah. <laughs> no. The whole show is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh, no, we're not over. There's more stuff. Going to the back, back into the club portal. Megan, thank you for joining okay. us. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996. We were homeschooling our kids and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow. Through the Spirit, God's Word changes lives. It cuts us to the heart and reshapes us. As you strive to read and study Scripture, having a good set of tools can help. From setting reminders for a great reading plan to word studies and commentaries that shed light on difficult passages, to listening on the go. The Olive Tree Bible app can help you dig into the word wherever you are. Olive Tree Bible app, read, study, listen, anywhere.